So I'm Sam from CS3 Properties. And I'm Jake from Onyx Construction. And together we are the ramblings of a property investor. We thought we'd make this podcast because between us we've got a lot of property experience. I specialise in student accommodation and HMOs. And I specialise in all aspects of construction. So we're going to do a week-by-week podcast, either talking about Jake's property experience or my property experience and offer insights to people that are either currently property investing or looking to get into property investing. And hopefully you guys can learn from our mistakes and how we've actually managed to get over them and put the policies and procedures in place to now make every project effective. We will also be interviewing some high-performance individuals that we know and other property investors to also shed some insight into the property investing world. I'm here with Sam Temple Baxter from... I originally heard about you, mate, from your podcast, Over Business, Over Beers. Which is quality, hand on heart, it's probably, not just saying this because you were on a podcast with me, it's probably my favourite podcast. Yeah, decent, mate. So, basically, you are the owner of Student It. Um, so, I'll do the introduction and basically tell you what I think I know about you and then I'll let you sort of put it right and say, you're a moron, this is actually um, what I do. So, what I gather is Student It is kind of like a right move, but for students. Would you say that's fair? Can you tell us a bit more than actually properly introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah. So my name's Sam. Um, obviously, I, I met Sam. Actually, I don't know how I met you. I think I had a, I had a phone call with you one night, and um, it ended up lasting for about two, two and a half hours. Uh, and then it got to like 10 o'clock, and we thought, oh, I probably shouldn't go and see the other arts. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was interesting. It was good to talk to Sam, because he's actually quite down to it. Um, but I'm also a Sam. Surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, and you're not a moron, mate. I would never call you that. Um, even though I do troll you on Instagram quite a lot, <laughs> you do. I'd say you're probably my biggest troll on Instagram. Not you know, not in a nasty way, but just that I do. Uh, I do like seeing your comments, so it does amuse me. It, 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 the occasionally funny ones, I can't promise they're all funny. Um, but when, when I say a good one, I, I can't help but you know. Just dip I think in there. Chelsea laughs a lot more than me. She's like, "Oh, have you seen what Sam put?" And she's really laughing. I'm thinking, "Oh, what now?" <laughs> <laughs> Not that prick again. Yeah. <laughs> Why does he keep writing weird stuff on my pictures? Yeah. I'm only going to leave it there for engagement. <laughs> yeah, just keep <laughs> replying to the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great joke. Like it. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I, as Sam said, I've run a student net. In a nutshell, it's a sort of right move for student accommodation. We focus on quality over quantity when we list properties. So, um, you know, mainly on the website at the minute, it's PDSA. So purpose-built student accommodation are the big blocks. Um, we're looking more to get into HMOs, but we, again, want to focus on the quality of those HMOs and the quality of the accommodations so that we know that when we put students into those places, they have a good experience. It's a little bit of a shocking business model because they then won't return the book again through us. So we'll only ever see a student once. So we're always finding more students or we have to find new more students because of the, the model. But... Um, that's the way we want it, to be honest. Um, we only have one to see a student once. We know we've done our job properly. So are they sort of first-year students, second year? Uh, normally, so it's a mix. We we get a couple of international students, well, majority international students that come in for the first year and will then stay for second and third year. And then we also try and capture the market at the end of first year and move into second year. Uh, and hopefully they'll stay for third year. Right, okay. So you've basically got two separate things, haven't you? You've kind of got the landlord's. And then the students, you've kind of got two clients as such. Yes, yeah, it was uh, it was quite tricky uh, starting out because, um, as you'll know, you, you need that chance from one person because when I first started out, it was chicken and egg. Um, yeah. You know, what do you get first? Do you get the students first but no landlords or do you get the landlords first but no students? 
and that, that's the tricky bit. So we, we managed to persuade a couple of people to come on board. And, you know, it is, it is all commission only. So, for instance, when come on the platform, it's pretty standard. There's no setup fee, no management fee or anything like that. But it's just commission only. And usually that's the, the harsh reality is, is that it is only paid once they move in. But I quite like it that way because if we don't do our job and we don't fund the best students, we don't get paid for our services, which is how it should be. Right, okay. You shouldn't have to pay someone doing a bad job for instance you, you know what I mean if a yeah. builder goes into one of your HMOs you know creates absolute carnage and you still pay him it's like you, it, it doesn't it shouldn't work like that um, so <laughs> uh, and it, it, it does sort of mess the business up a little bit financially because you don't have that month to month cash flow but that's where we look at how else can we build into that you know what what else uh, you know can we start building out the pipeline uh, so can we take control of marketing uh, can we sort of offer insurance can we offer other things to students uh, if we've already got them to then build up that monthly cash flow and uh, yeah that's about it in a minute I suppose it can be quite hard sometimes can't it because you're kind of you know do you start does the students start looking sort of January and um, Christmas sort of time is it earlier most of the time it's right, okay. um, around November November December is, is quite busy uh, obviously Christmas it drops and then sort of back into January, February, it picks up again, a little bit of March, um, and then it dies off again until you get to clearing, which is around July, um, and then you get an influx. But then, I, don't, I don't know how you find it. You might find it a little bit different to me, but sometimes I get some strange requests through the website, and that is like, can you find an all-amazing penthouse for like £50 a month? And you're like, no, sorry. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. And I, I, don't know if, like, I don't know if you find something like that where you get some sort of, like you have to manage the expectations of people or students in general to you know say well, actually this this is what you get and this is how much it costs yeah i mean sometimes when we do the viewings you do sometimes kind of get some quite strange requests you know, you know before that you know on the first initial view and like can i put this here and you think well no it's like a brand new yeah, yeah i don't know but yeah then obviously that doesn't sort of ever come to anything but yeah you do tend to get some quite strange mm. Um, request we i think for us it's kind of like january is when people the good tenants seem to want to come and view and then people are still interested sort of february march when the closer it gets you tend to kind of then get the single rooms and the people that haven't really planned quite as well and maybe the people that aren't you know they might be in twos or threes or they're just really really unorganized and mm -hmm. we try and go early on and get the nice organized um tenants really so, so the question for you is where, where do you put your properties to get those nice sort of uh, tenants? You, you know, because that, that, that's the big thing as, as a HMO landlord, isn't it? You know. Yeah. So we um, right moves where we advertise. Mm. So we kind of go for an estate agent. They advertise on right move, and then as soon as they've got the view and it's then basically up to us. So we then actually, yeah, as soon as they've got the interest, we then actually do the view and I'm sure them around ourselves. Um, and then you go from there. But actually, the last tenant we found was actually through word of mouth. That's good. Yeah, and through Instagram. So the guys had seen, the guys that, um, not the last project we'd done, but the one before that, they'd kind of been following us through Instagram. And then their friends had also started following us. And then their friend asked if they could um, contact me directly. And then we sort of found them from there. So that's really, really good, actually. Wow. Well, I was about to say, Instagram is an underrated tool. I, I mean... I don't think it is underrated, but a lot of people sort of look over it and say well, it doesn't work. But you know, it depends how long you've had that Instagram and how much you post on it. Yeah, 
especially if you can almost build like a bit of a reputation on it so the guys can follow along. You know, I think the guys that are now moving into this, well, they'll be moving into this one sort of September, they've actually followed along from, you know, before it was renovated, they've been, they've seen the stud walls or like you up, you know, you sort of seen the stud walls go up, um, the electrician putting the cables in, sort of seeing your stories, you know, your reels. And then now it's kind of got colours on the ceiling. So they kind of already almost know you because you're putting a little bit about your personal life on there. Mm. You know, I spoke to someone the other day that's, oh yeah, I listen to your podcast and it feels like I know you already and we've never even met before. So it's quite good really, I think. I think that's good. Is that a good thing? Yeah, I think yeah. it is. It's strange though, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it is strange though when, you, you know, when someone knows you and you've it got is. no idea they are. It's, it's not even a bad thing, is it? It's not like, oh, you need... It's a bit like when um, you contacted me initially and I was like, oh, you sound from um, Business of Appears, you're my hero. <laughs> and you don't really know what to say. I was like, oh, <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. No, 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 no one ever, <laughs> block. Yeah, yeah, block. And then, then, he, then he used his personal account and contacted me again. He didn't. Um, yeah, slip through the net. But it, I, th- I think that's the, that's why so many, you know, HMO landlords, property investors use Instagram because it is such a powerful tool. You know, property is a visual aspect and, you, you know, more and more people. Imagine if you hadn't posted anything on Instagram. And you took somebody around a building site and said, "Yeah, this is what it's going to look like." They'd be like, "Absolutely, absolutely not." No chance. And like, but if they've seen, you know, your previous projects, you know, and they've seen how you do it, yeah. how you run it, they know a bit about you, um, and you've got the credibility. Um, you know, actually, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you can just scroll back. You know, say if someone said, "Well, what what will it look like?" You can say, "Well, actually, here's a, you know, look, I mean, I, you know, I know it's only Instagram, but you can literally look back over the last like two years." And see everything we're doing, you know, it's not a one-off job. Everything we're doing is to that standard. Um, it's almost like you're saying that you build credibility, don't you? Yeah, massively into your, um, you, you know, your, your, your smart little branding where you, you know, you paint the ceilings and the doors. Um, you can say, well, that room's going to be that colour. And then they know it's going to be real because you've done it in every project beforehand, you, you know, and it's sort of like, it's your thing. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that easy to paint the colours this time. I must be honest. The um, one of the colours was like wrong. The, the, we ordered the right colour, but it, when it was on the ceiling, it was like wrong, and it was just a bit of a. And then the painter decided to. I mean, I don't um, slate him for it. Actually, I mean, he's done a really good job, but for some reason, so I do a spec, so it's like all the walls white, ceiling colour, and I just for some reason it didn't say on there about the skirting board, but he'd painted the skirting board as well. Uh... Oh, and it was like, it was sick and it made me feel physically sick. Chelsea's like, oh, it's all right, don't worry. But it was like a, it's like a pale, a pale loop and the colour is just like a blue. Yeah. But the skirt and ball was this bright blue and it just re- reminded me like, you, you know, like when you're about 10, like your kid's bedroom. Yeah. Night, it's not ideal no, at no, all. No. Maybe taken it out and put a new one in. So student it, mate, it's quite a weird, um, not a weird, it's quite a niche. You know, you don't sort of see too many other companies doing that. What make, what give you the idea to sort of do that then? Basically, I, I did the internship at the University of Lincoln in the sports centre. Um, and I was, my, my role there wasn't anything to do with the housing or accommodation. It was just purely to, you know, engage more students in sports, increase activity, you know, that kind of general stuff. Um, but I kept hearing it. So did you go there once you left university then? Uh, yeah, I did, the, I did the generic sort of uh, gap few months after university. So I went to... I finished university, did a bit of work, went to America for just shy of two months and then came back. Um, went back to work at my old place, which was like parquet flooring, uh, and then did that. It's, it's just that, obviously, it's a little bit more corporate, but it was, you know, more stable. And I wasn't messing around with parquet flooring. 
I'm taking like traveling down to London for going on sites. You know, I was leaving at night three, four in the morning. Uh, if there was a yeah, if there was a, if there was a hotel, I'd stay in the hotel. Um, but then obviously you're on. We were on day rate back then as well. It wasn't. It was all right day rate, but when you figured out the cost of traveling and stuff like that, it, it, it basically broke it down to not being worth it. You know what I mean? So, so I thought, right, I'll, you know, I'll get something a little bit more corporate So I found that, I did an internship, but it's after a little while. It's only, the intern's only a year long, but I was, I was speaking to students and it was just the same thing. Um, oh, my house is this, my house is that, you know, it happens this, there's, there's this problem, there's that problem. Um, and it just became, uh, you know, a thing. And I was like, well, there's, there's got a bit of a way to solve it. And at the time, I, I, as I was searching, I wasn't quite finding the results to find the, the solution. So I was like, right, I'll build something. Um, bearing in mind, I'm a sports student, which tells you everything uh, about my career. You know, I've got a Desmond C2 in the, in, in the old degree, so that helps. Um, You're good at hockey, though, aren't you? Yeah, play a bit of hockey in my time. Uh, supposedly yeah supposedly depends who you talk to I'm pretty good at picking spots but I reckon I'll give you a good run for your money yeah mate you're more than welcome there, there was a there was a guy actually he asked me he's like do you want to play a tournament in Norwich so I was like ah don't travel there mate it is dodgy territory <laughs> you should have done I could have introduced you to my dog who probably wouldn't bark or just lie there uh, and do nothing yeah though. Tuesday night in the car mate that, that, that's not a hotel <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> yeah uh, mate get a good night's kit but yeah, so then I just started developing the website and then um, it, it's evolved. So I, I literally started with me doing a WordPress website and, and it was honestly shocking. It took ages to load. It was all plugins like drag and drop, but managed to convince, I don't know how, convince some people. And, and do you know what? Do you know what? Some people actually said that. I managed to use black magic and trick them into something. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, they were like, oh, your website's quite good. And I was like, we look at the same website here. Like, <laughs> Is yeah, it? <laughs> are you sure? Like, what, what websites do you look at? But anyway, I managed to get them over. Obviously, it was it was quite heavily incentivized in terms of like commission. Um, you know, we paid once they moved in, so basically, there's no risk whatsoever for them. And I sort of continued that model and um, through that, and that's where we are today. Now, I don't run the website. I've got a guy that works with me, Alex. He runs the website. How did that come about then? Demand. It got to a point where I lost a deal, to be honest. I just started working with Alex. It wasn't like properly efficient. It was more like helping me out. Alex is a good friend of mine. Um, and it was pure demand. It was like, well, we've got an API. And I was like, what's an API? So I Googled it. I was like, oh, that's quite cool. And, um, you know, right, how, and I was thinking, Alex, how do I get this in? He was like, well, you need to do all this. I was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to go through that. I'm doing it. And it was a big provider, easily 20, 25,000 beds. But because I couldn't get the API in time, they were like, look, we don't really want to work with you anymore. I was like, really sorry, but this is my problem, you know. Uh, and even then, like, they're just still like, no, don't want to work with you, don't want to work with you, don't want to work with you. Right, okay. which, is, which is fair enough, you know what I mean? I, I'm not here to waste people's time. But ever since that point, the demand was, right, okay, I need to change that aspect. So he's, he's got the page load speed down to under a second, you know. Um, he does all the API, so we don't run any manual sort of operations anymore everything's as automated as it can be because if you don't know I, I, I still run a day job and and that's the way it is it works really well like it's you know we have an import twice a day so does that then when you import it then does that then basically take all the new data and stuff and then put it through the automated system and then you can see what inquiries and stuff you've got yeah so um so so basically uh, and 
probably for this podcast, the best thing example I can use about Arthur Online. So for those who manage their properties through Arthur Online, they actually have an API document, an API feed. So all that happens is um, you would set us up as a property manager, and we go in, fetch the uh, fetch the details of the API, which sounds scary, but it gives us no access to any information on the properties. We then take the properties, we advertise them, and then what we do is we've got three buttons at the minute, so inquire now, uh, viewing, and book now. Uh, for those that have a booking system, we link that into the booking system, and it takes that through that way, and um, so it's all automated. If you want the, an inquiry, um, it, gives, it brings up a calendar that, well, it brings up a list of dates, and they select which dates and times they're available, and then we shoot that back to, say, you. Or if they have a question, and then shoots it back to us. Uh, that way we can mitigate any questions. And then, but say if you rent three in the morning, uh, sort of mid-morning import, we'll pick that up about nine o'clock and then take them off the website. So as soon as you take them off your end, take them off our end, uh, vice versa. And so the landlord only pays once that the tenants have moved in then? Yeah. So uh, obviously, so for instance, if we... Uh, advertise your properties. You know they, they got they went for a viewing in January. They took it. You technically won't pay anything until um, you know September, whenever they moved in. Um, and they, there are different models out there. Like but there are a few more people that are coming up with more intuitive websites. You, you know, and they're trying to find that cash flow. There, there's one company that charges like eight hundred pound a month, and you're thinking, it's you know that's hefty. When you when you're thinking you want to do right move on top of that because everyone wants to do right move. Don't get me wrong, Zoopla. You know, if you fancy that spare room, all that kind of stuff, that that adds up. Um, and there's other people that are trying to charge quarterly. So, for instance, say if I, if I book one of your rooms in January, you have to pay me in, you know, two three uh, months time. But if they don't move in, I then give the cash back to you. So, for simplicity, it's like one set standard fee. If we send you the inquiry and the booking, if they move in. I'll send you a list of names. So you tell me, yes, 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 yes. No, 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 no. And they go, right, okay, you happy with this much? Yeah, sound. Invoice sent. And it's it's as simple as that. It, it doesn't need to be complicated. You, you know, and a lot of that can be automated. So, um, you know, we're looking at the automations now at the minute. So we can, can we dynamically populate PDFs, to, you know, for, say, right, these are the people that have booked uh, in academic year. Uh, 1920, 21, 22, and just send that off to you at the end of the year, sort of thing. Um, once you're looking at those sort of things now at the minute, like building out the back end of the process, you, you know, as you, you know, as, as you're doing, how can you neaten up the process? How can you make it more efficient? You know, when you're looking to, you know, get students to view, you know, what's the best way to get them there and then secure them if they're a good bunch? You know, you know those those kind of things. Yeah, you need, especially when time is, you know, not always available. It's Great to have things that make your life a little bit easier, isn't it? Yeah, like you'll, you'll completely understand, like, you know, working, you know, working your job, being a landlord, renovations, you, you know, we spoke before the way you're, um, you've got that big paper sheet that you put on site. And that's essentially automation, isn't it? And that's, you know, and that, that sort of process saves you probably hours on the phone to builders, electricians, joiners, plumbers. Um, you say refer back to the sheet, mate. It's, you know, it's all there, providing you have stuck everything on there. And, and yeah, and, it, and it's those nifty little things that just save you so many hours. You, you don't have to worry about it then. 
you just go to you probably go to site once a week just to make sure it's tickety boot. Yeah, that's it. We've got a couple of short term lets um at the moment. Um or sorry, a short term let and everything in there is just automated. So like even they've got problems, they've kind of got automated answers for it and you know, where's this, where's that? So like the check in code, all of the welcome pack and stuff just gets emailed to them at six AM. Um, so they know everything, like places to eat, taxis. Um, and then, yeah, so just on a, you know, nine o'clock on a Friday night, when you get a message or your phone rings or something, at least then you've kind of got, there you go. You know, this is the answer. You need that, don't you? If not, it's just so having to go through the same thing with more than two people, you know, is not um, ideal, is it? I'm quite a big believer in that, actually. If you ever do something, I've started to try and make, um, when I'm ordering stuff, so when I, when we kind of get to the probably about half of the way for a project, I start ordering bits, you know, like mirrors from wherever, like all the different bits that I order, stair banners and stuff. And I actually started to sort of do a property checklist physically just on an Excel spreadsheet, like point to point. So have you done that? Have you done that? Have you done that? Order this, order this from here, order this many, you know, just as a every single thing I order, I just put on there now. So then I know on the next project, you always forget things if not. Yeah. Always. Do you create all your properties with the same sort of items, for example? Same same items, yep. So it's like order the furniture, um, order the mirrors, um, order the shelves. Have you done the prints? All right, so now I haven't done the prints. So like literally, you know, the quantities change um, and the spec, you know, the actual spec might change, but the thing, the items are still the same. So it's quite easy once you've kind of done it. Like on this one, I forgot, not anything major, but just like, um, I ordered something from a website and then I should have also ordered something else from that website. And I said, like, oh, you got to pay for delivery again. So now it's like an extra, not loads of money, but you don't really want to be, it's just chucking money away for the sake of it, isn't it? You know, if you can streamline it. Um, so now we go back, put that in. So now the next time, we'll, and I actually do, you know, put the effort in of ticking it off as I go. So checking it out. Yeah, that's done, that's done, that's done. Just so then you get to the end um, and you know your cash flow is kind of, you know, you spent what you thought you were going to spend. You don't think, oh, no, I've got that, 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 that. And you now got to go and spend another um, thousand pounds. That sort of chucks you off a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, the thing is, you, you, you'll put contingency in as well, won't you? But you don't, you don't want to waste that. And, you know, that, that's for if you find something like... Oh, yeah, I hate that like contingency. Leads. Or yeah, Whatever. problems with footings and... Mm walls that look secure and they're not secure and things like that <laughs> you, you're, you know if you can spot that if you can spot every mistake in a viewing you're probably the most desirable person to a property investor in the world aren't you but yeah, you're yeah. never going to spot that you're never going to spot everything you can try and miss no, it you can't. but yeah you just can't can you no it's, sometimes you don't see some stuff do you the walls have all been wallpapered over like five times and you know, there's like cracks somewhere and, you know, you haven't been fully in the loft and at the chimney. And mm. oh, DIYers, mate. Yeah, DIYers know how to cover up mistakes. You know, they're, they're good at it. You know, think, oh, I haven't done a good job there. I don't want I'll just wallpaper or paint it or I'll just put something in front of it. You know, it's bound to happen. But um, how far do you think you'll go with your automation? Do you reckon you'll try and take it all the way so you are fully removed? I'd like, I don't know if I could ever be. I'd like to. I think um, so. After this September, after we've moved all the students in and stuff, this refurb I'm doing at the moment is coming to a bit of an end soon. Hopefully, it should have been like the end of. It should have been about a week and a half ago, but things have kind of just no for no no particular reason either. Just some people have been off and 
um, you know, time's just dragged and, you know, one date's moved to the next. As soon as that's a lot of the way, I'm really going to try and get a little bit better at our processes, but I haven't really sort of looked too much into it. I would like to try and, I don't, I'd like to try and get out of doing all of the admin tasks, to be honest, but I don't know how much, how well you can, it's quite tricky, isn't it? Doing all of the mortgage um, documents and stuff like that. And, you know, physically that signing sort of all your mortgage documents and the solicitor documents and printing all them out, doing even via DocuSign, you know, it's still a bit of a, it's quite a chunk of time. Yeah, every job, every one you do is quite a, especially we've now got um, one with a couple of my brothers as well. So there's three of us on that. So it's like, you do everything three times. That's, you know, you think one stressful, that's another level. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah that, it's, it's not bug bear in mind, it's like solicitors and stuff like that. When, now, uh, my brother has to deal with it quite a lot. When, and he's like, you have to, uh, a lot of times, he, we have to say to the, like his clients, you have to be like his balance advisor, but he's offshore, so he's an expat one. Um, like they have the DHL documents to like the platforms and stuff so they can certify it. And he's like, which, you know, it's a similar sort of thing, like solicitors and all those kind of things. Like, yeah, does yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, especially when you're talking from saying like Vietnam to the other side of the world, it could be out of mass, <laughs> it could be, you yeah. know, wherever. And then you've got to DHL it back and then, you know, cause you have to send it, you know, sign and track to make sure it gets there. Cause it's not like they're small documents, they are like passports, you know, those kind of things. And so I mean, small weighted documents. I mean, like, you know, if somebody gets hold of that, do some damage. But like, when, when you're talking about property, re, you, you know, mortgages and things like that, it's just, it's so frustrating because it, the amount of time it takes for the transaction that could be several weeks or months, if that makes sense, takes a lot longer, like searches. Yeah, even without, because we, we're buying all in the same area, our searches are the same every time. Literally, they're all within 0.25 miles of each other. So, like, literally, every time they come, they're the same. But, you know, it's, it's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, what what makes me sort of think is, like, what they need to, you know, I don't know, there must, there must be a firm out there somewhere, but hire, you know, someone like a business development person, not in terms of going out and getting business, but to look at their business and how can they streamline exactly like you're doing. I think they'd put it all in the cloud or something, wouldn't you? And then any person that... It's almost like this. I thought before, like, you know, Royal Mail, instead of them, you know, when you move house personally, when you move house, you have to physically tell all these other companies that you're moving. But if you just had everything in, like, a cloud and then Sam said about it, so you've moved from there to there, it just updates on that. So now all your posters are just sent to your new house. Oh, yeah. So it's just, like, data and... Oh, mate, mate. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, nice. We, so... Maybe I should, maybe I should delete that bit of the podcast, actually, in case someone makes that and... Takes up my idea. It's up to you, mate. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> we could go. Yeah, Maybe me and you should do it. We could go half on it. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad idea. I'm saying like because obviously we moved a uh, house back end of last year, but we're still getting mail for the lady that used to live here, and it's not even like it's a small bit. Um, yeah, we do. We get um, about three years ago we moved in. I think. Yeah, and like every time I just put return to sender, no longer at this address. Like back in the post box but another thing will come through and I'm like return to sender no longer at this address like we have a forwarding email but like I said to Becky like unless it's like really looks like looks proper urgent I don't I don't want to pay for a you know, 
pretty petty to be honest but you know you're paying for a stamp <laughs> to then go to the post office to but call. you're a joy to live with yeah exactly mate and it's just like <laughs> you go to the post office forward it on but then oh no yeah so it's just time out of your life though isn't it you don't want to be um yeah you don't want to be yeah, doing that do I, you? I wouldn't mind if it was all you know sort of text call and said oh i'm really sorry i'll get that changed but it, you get the same post again and you're like like, it's, yeah, it's not, I'm drawing, like, it's I'm drawing the line. But something like that would work. Just click a button, say, you know, you'll have your affiliated and sort of uh, documents, you know, driving license, passport, insurance. Yeah, so those things you can't do it with. But mm. anything else, you'd think it would just be easy, wouldn't you? Just click a button. Yeah, I'll change the dress. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, like, even. Oh, it's got to be a thing, and that soon that must be a thing. But see, it's got to yeah, be. it's like, say, for instance, um, like, for my mum, there was this, uh, was this service, and they've got it. So when someone dies, you click this uh, button, and it says, look, by all relevant people, done. So, so they've got it on that side already. You know, you just click the button, say, yeah, notify, yeah. and everything, like uh, council, local, uh, city council, local, not city council, overarching, like county council, city council, yeah. NHS, uh, everything. Just done it in a one um, you know, doctors, everything. Well, especially in that sort of stressful time, you don't want to be ringing up everyone. Well, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, if you could transfer that to property, you know, um, it just feels like it needs, you know what I mean, it needs a little bit of development. Someone to look at, at the business and go, right, how can we streamline this legality process, you know? Um, or do they want to? You know, is that? A, you yeah. know, I suppose if you'd done that, you'd then be losing out on quite a lot of money. Or, you know, not us personally, but the industry as a whole, you'd be losing out on. Mm. Where was the? T- you know, you wouldn't take any time. Would no. it? It's all your hourly charges that just goes. Yeah, there's now no money in that. Don't get me wrong, there is still money in it, but <laughs> most of the money that you spend is because their hourly rate so much, isn't it? And do you know what? Uh, I've got a friend, uh, also a player. He, he's just going into that sort of industry and he, he used to do a bit of conveyancing for a firm. Uh, I won't mention firm, where it is, wherever. But basically, <laughs> so I, I figured this must be relatively common practice is obviously he was an apprentice trainee. So he was on maximum six, seven, eight pounds an hour. Cars on about three pounds, 20 an hour. I don't think I was on that. Yeah, actually. Yeah. It was, it, I'm getting quite old now though. So that's probably why. <laughs> uh, but you, you still look like a young Young fresh one for me. <laughs> Great hands. Yeah. Oh mate, if, if we're not that we're not that zoomed in. You're all right. <laughs> uh, but um, what they used to do is they used to you know ring the main guy or girl whoever it is in the office and say yeah I want to do some conveyancing. They go yeah the hourly rate is two hundred and fifty pound an hour. They then get all that information. <laughs> they give it to this person and get them to do all the work for it. And then so what the hell? Yeah, so they. Obviously, his time is, say, he's £3 an hour. Um, say, he has to fill it in units as well, which is six-minute increments. So, uh, for anyone out there, this was just the way they used to build. So, if you rang up, every six minutes was, uh, you know, a unit, and you'd be charged a unit. If you sent multiple emails, that's three different... So, if you sent three emails, that would be three different units. They wouldn't compile it into one, like, you know, they'd bill you three separate times and say, yeah, that's that. And then when it comes to the That's mad, yeah, isn't it? when it comes to the end of billing, they would say to this guy, "How much time have you spent on it?" And then bill the main person's time, so two hundred and fifty pound an hour. So you're thinking, off, you know, as you, as you look at it, right, two hundred and fifty pound an hour minus three pound an hour, it's 
simple maths, I'm sure there's more that goes into it, running costs, etc. But for an example, £247 profit, let's say, uh, just there, crazy, just it? there, just because they'll get this person, an apprentice, graduate, whatever, to do the searches, do the conveyancing, do all the admin, and then charge the top back of time. Uh, and I think it's sort of pet peeve a little bit, you know, you know, yeah. you know, it's a good business model, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, if it, <laughs> Great business model. If I was sat at the top of that tree, would you be thinking, do I, do I want to be, do I want to change this? You know, you're thinking. Let's automate this. <laughs> yeah. You know, let, let's just automate it and then just, uh, you know, I won't take the, the £247 scoop, you know. Um, yeah, I reckon that's why, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know what I mean? So, so like, I, I feel like that industry hasn't, on yeah we need to look at our business to help out it hasn't evolved does it no 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 like, you know the offices with the big open desks or whatever you're thinking you, you know it's just the same old you know when, especially when you, you look yeah, at property yeah. uh, how that's evolved you know over time the technology that's come in like have you ever heard of like the internet of things yeah yeah like that that's coming into property now it's um it's it's, it's interesting it's not something that i'm fluent in but it's for those that might not know it's like um you can automatically check your Legionella. You can turn lights on and off through an app. You know, you're heating. Um, and it's all sort of facility sort of management. I'm probably not doing it justice here, but Google it. Internet of things. It's clever, isn't yeah. it? You can like, um, so like you can get your Alexa, can't you? So we get our Alexa to like turn the, um, when ring, when the ring doorbell um, is a motion between, I don't know, 11 and say 4 a.m., that then turns on our lights outside and then when the lights outside turn on it can then make a noise inside your house and yeah. you know Alexa can then make a noise or mm. it's quite clever isn't yeah. it? Yeah and it's all like, it's all cloud based as well and you look at these developments within you know the property space and yet you look at the way how you purchase a property and it's almost it's just, like yeah backwards isn't yeah, it? Yeah it's almost like a ball and chain on the property market like how, how quick could you buy HMOs if that was you know, if the whole conveyancing process was four weeks, I know, I know it can't always be four weeks because there's other people in the chain, potentially, you know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, just to say... But it could definitely be quicker than <clears throat> what it is. Yeah, it must. Especially if a house is bought, you know, say, for instance, if I then bought a house and you bought it off me three years later, mm. you know, what's going to really have changed in them three years? Clearly, you'd still need to do the checks and stuff. But if you've already got all the information, why can't I just use that? Mm information all right something else might have been built nearby you'd have a, probably a few more houses that have been put up so you'd have that on your planning searches and stuff but other than that the information will be the same won't it i mean i mean it's not like um you know when you look at you know sort of old terrace housing like we're in and you know estates or places that have been there for years as you say there's not nothing much is going to change no you know and no one goes out of their way to, and don't get me wrong, like when they stop doing searches, everyone will start changing their drainage up there. Um, you know, something <laughs> stupid like that. Um, but for me, there's got to be a way to like change that Extreme system. Light. Yeah. Because for instance, um, land registry, three pounds, and you, you can get your, your sort of deeds, your boundaries, you, you know, whatever else. Because we had a. Yeah. I'm, I'm... I quite like that actually. It's got a good little um, website. Mm. And we, we have so for anyone that doesn't know, you can basically, if you wanted to find out who owns a property or where your boundaries mm. are or any sort of planning application about a property, you can just go onto the land registry website, pay 
three pound, and then if it, is it instant? I think it is yeah, instant, isn't it? Yeah, like they email it straight to you. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to buy a house before, and I didn't know who owned a bit of land, like at the back of it. Um, so before I'd even spoke to the, you know, I spoke to the estate agent, but you know, it was at night time. Mm. So before I'd even been able to speak to the estate agent, I actually found out exactly who owned it, whose that bit of land was, where the barrier was, who owned what. Um, so then when I did um, ring the estate agent, I kind of probably knew more than what they did, to be honest. Yeah. And, uh, for free quid as yeah. well, as a steal. And that, that's the searches that they sort of undertake, isn't it? You know, and that's the, that's yeah. the thing that's... that is it. You sort of, again, a pet peeve, you saying, you know, they'll have accounts where they can perform multiple searches without to pay each time, you know what I mean? But you can access that information. You know you know how much it costs and the time it takes to access that information. Um, and it's really handy. It needs to change, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's... It's interesting. I, I mean, I feel like we've gone on a little uh, mini rant about, you know, the sort of uh, the stuff aside of like, you know, property investing in HMOs and, you know, and bits like that. But it is something that you look at. But it is definitely, a, um, it could definitely be sped up, couldn't it? 100%. Yeah. So moving on then, just to, for the fear of um, absolutely killing the um, solicitor thing to death. Um, <laughs> so what's your, I spoke to you before about your investment strategy. So you don't, um, What's your opinion on sort of stocks and shares versus property? It's quite controversial, to be honest. Uh, I don't, yeah, no, I like that. That's that's why I asked you that. It's, uh, yeah, it's, um, okay, so, for instance. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is where I'm, I'm I create, Deep I, breath. Yeah, I, I don't mean to create any arguments, but I do like property as, a, as an investment, but would I put the majority of my funds in it? No, if that makes sense. Uh I, I do get that it pays out monthly, you get capital appreciation. But if you find a good stock or a good fund, for me, property doesn't keep up with that. You, you, you know, um, like if you invest in a cardo five years ago, which is the fruit delivery thing, um, today uh, it's done over 500%. You know, and there's no for me. There's no difference between searching for the right deal for a house and searching for a right deal in a stock or you know a fund or something like that. And yet, in one, you're going to get monthly cash flow, which is great. That's what you. That's what we all need to live. Like, don't get me wrong. We all need to use use that to live, which is why HMOs buy to let. You know, I will invest in property for the monthly uh, sort of cash flow because that's what we need. But in terms of long-term investment, I, I prefer stocks and um, I usually sit outside of a pension because uh, at the current time, for me, it's right. Um, you know, and, and then sort of things like we have the Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust, don't we? So we both invest in that. Yeah, we've both got that, yeah. And I think in the... It's doing pretty well at the moment, isn't it? Was it like 20... Yeah. 9%, 30% is that up? Yeah. I, I haven't been in it that long. Um but when you when you look at their philosophy and what they're doing, they're they're mainly weighted. So they were in Tesla right from the start, which is why they got the big gains, uh, Amazon as well. Um, but now they've shifted all towards sort of China. They've also employed uh, a Chinese speaking uh, person to help them get into that sort of market because that's where growth's going to come from. You know, I think Facebook is worth something like three trillion, three billion dollars or something like that. You know how. Yeah, like how how much bigger can that get? If that makes sense, like Amazon as well. How how much bigger can they realistically get? And are you going to get the growth from those stocks anymore? Like 
the answer for me is not particularly. I think it's very high for, you know, what Facebook has shared a lot of data. But, um, yeah, that's why I prefer stocks because, you know, if you put it in there each month, you compound it, compound it, you pick the right winners, you will be rewarded for that. The problem is you have to pick the winners, and it's the same in property. Um, if you don't pick the winner, it does get rented. So you have to, you can put, same principle, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, there's a, there's a few examples of, of of that. You know, I'm not a crypto fan either, so I'll put my hands up there. I don't, no, I'm not a crypto fan either. I, how how do you how do you value something? And there'll be people on here that will tell me you know, how to value it, but for me, I don't lose. Yeah, I just think to, I just don't. Um, I just don't think I know enough. My brain's too. My brain, my brain's a bit too. I've got enough going on without trying to complicate it with that as well. So it's kind of like just focus on these sort of couple of things, and that's enough for me at the moment, at least. Yeah, like set, like set, set and forget Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. And, you know. Um, yeah. Do you see? So do you? Are you putting a percentage of your wages then every month into that? Um, the same percentage, or are you just you know if you've got a bit left over at the end of month, sort of doing that, or what's your? Yeah, so I, I have a minimum set percentage that I'll put in each month. Um, figured out actually, so it's, it's all there if anybody wants it. Um, well, just in case, did you know I was going to ask that? Did you? Uh, no, it's it's, <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's to be honest, mate, it's full of scribbles. It's on the back of a. This is this is my life, literally. You, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, and me. Uh, luckily, I've cleared all the stuff off my desk. But mine's the same, just scribble. But uh, have you seen them remarkable things? Actually, going off tangent a little bit. No, well, it's like a it's like an iPad, but it's it's not an iPad. Well, it is. It's like a digital bit of paper, mm. but like the pen. You get a pen of it, and it actually makes the noise um, of a pencil. And then you can literally say you would like um, I don't know investments. You just save that as investment, and then you can open it up and send it to yourself, make notes, make templates of it. And then instead of having like 15 notepads around mm-hmm. and then next year you've got 60, you know, you've always just got this remarkable thing. But I don't know, I've not actually bought one, but I was kind of thinking about it. But then I've realised I've probably got more important things to spend my money on. Yeah, I, I imagine something that's not that cheap either. I mean... Nah, I think about three, four hundred quid. It sounds great. Like they've got a really good marketing thing. You know, don't look, don't, don't go online and look at it because you'll probably buy one, but... Really, really suck you in. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. And then you think, well, I could do that on a bit of paper, and that's like, how much cheaper? You know, obviously, yeah. and you're thinking, like, oh, right, yeah. It's, it's, that, that is Same as anything, yeah. you know, I think. I have to be so careful. I'm, I literally, if I start a new, I played tennis the other day, and I'm right, I'm going to um, sign up to this annual tennis membership, get myself a new bat, racket, club, whatever it's called. Um, anything I do well I was playing squash before like yeah squash lessons yeah. go-kart and yep that's it I'm going to become a professional go-kart racer um, you know I'm really sporadic like that hobby wise I have to rein myself in yeah now I'm getting money. old though yeah now I'm getting old though I do realise that I do that so I do know like don't do not do that wait a week wait another week you know let's see let's just make sure I do actually still like it um, so what do you think mate about work-life balance is it a thing yeah I, I could be about actual day job you know, seven till five, and then come home, have dinner, <clears throat> see Becky, walk the dog, and then do some student work eight till ten. You know what? Uh, my brother. Do you enjoy it though? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like creating stuff. Um, but the problem is, I need I need the stuff that I create to you know pay me better than what I currently get, which is which would then give me more time to focus and 
improve the things that I do, if that makes sense. Short you know. term, isn't it? A short term for the long term. Same as how I think about it, really. You know, you're mm. you're working a lot now, sort of like relentlessly working, but then, you know, you're probably not going to be working when you're 50 or 60 full time. Yeah. You can then sort of live the life you want to live, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. And for, for me, so I, I set a stupid goal. Um, what was that? I call it stupid. To retire by 30. How old are you now? 27. That, yeah, I didn't realise you were that young. Oh, so you've got a few years yeah. left yet then. Well, I, I turn 28 next month, so... Um, two years. Two, yeah, that's, that's yeah. still possible though, isn't it? Yeah. The thing is, people were like, well, what are you going to do for 60 years of your life if you retire? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not actually going to retire, but what I want is the freedom to yeah, retire. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like the difference, you know. I tell people I want to retire by 30, but what that means is I want to be able to... Not work for yeah, someone else. Use, yeah, you have, you have, you have your property, like you have your property income, but you, you still do the job, you know, you're still happy to work because, you know, you can say if you get a 3HMO, you know, right, oh, refinance them, I'll get another 2HMO, you know, and then you can earn that a little bit extra, you know, and you can bump your lifestyle up if you want to, or you can put more in your savings. And um, actually, my, my brother found this uh, mental, mental saving thing. Um, I think I've got a picture of it. It's, I, it. I won't lie, it's half it's like a gobble the goop to me. Um, you have to send it over, I'll be interested to have a look. Yeah, I think I can afford it, hang on. Um, <laughs> the guy I'm playing squash with, the one, the one with me later, so like, I'll come pick you up. I'm like, yeah, so. <laughs> um, but basically, so um, as we were talking about investments, my brother's actually a financial advisor, but essentially, he needs fuck all to me, but um, it's, it's called a structured note. Right, okay. Um, and basically what it does is, um, some shit, there we are. Decent. Um, so basically what it is, is you put your money in there, and you, it's fairly illiquid, so you can't get it out. But what this one does is it has like, Martin, like a little bit like trading. It has like calls. So as long as it doesn't go above or below these set limits in a way, this is how I understand it, probably not the correct way. But as long as it doesn't go too high or drop too far, and by that it's like 60% either way, which is, you know, incredible. Uh, and basically that changes. Um, each time. And it's a call twice a year. But if it doesn't reach those limits or targets, you get 20.8% a year. Um and at the end of the investment, uh, at the end of the time frame, you get all that money compounded plus your original investment back. Um, and so he, he ran some figures the other day. This was on another structured note. Uh, did he, I, was, I was thinking, did Henry send me that? I was, I was just on your conversation. Um, <laughs> did he send me it? So basically, he did it in Thai bar. Yeah, so he's got a Thai phone. <clears throat> So, so this was at fifteen percent through a structured note. So hundred grand, fifteen uh, percent interest. Um, you put a grand in each month, and um, your end balance would be twenty four million seven hundred fifty thousand seven hundred thirty five pounds and twelve pence. Shit. Yeah, wow. and twenty hundred grand, and so you, your total additions would be four hundred twenty grand over the thirty five years, and your total interest would be. £24,230,735.12. Yeah, I'll definitely have to have a look into that. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's 
thing is, it's fairly like once you you can't once you put your money in, you can't easily get it out. That's the only thing. How, um, how many years is it over? That one was over thirty-five. Okay. So, like for our for our sort of age range, it works because that takes you to retirement, and then you you basically get this fucking huge, huge sum. bit of cash. Yeah, and, and that, that's not a small thing. When you if you think huge, about you know, it, we'll talk about investments. Yeah, if you can make fifteen percent a year, which is relatively uh, and, if and you can make that year on year, that's a great return, I think. Well, like, Fundsmith, um, which is a UK fund, uh, very popular, um, that has beaten the benchmark pretty consistently, uh, and that makes about, averages about 18% a year, or has done. Obviously, it's known the case in the future. You know, you give that, you make all these promises, like this is not financial advice, not telling you to invest, you know, you do your own research sort of thing. But you, you can make those returns you know, pretty well. It just takes a little bit of research at the start just to find the funds. But, you know, places like Morningstar, um, I don't know if you've ever looked at that website, great website, Morningstar. Um, yeah. It's like a, it's a rating agency. So whenever you speak to financial advisor, you just whatever investment they tell you, you put it into there and it should give you a rating, um, especially on funds, stocks. And it tells you all the key information, like how much it's got, you know, asset under management, how long it's been trading, whether it's been its benchmark, what is its benchmark. Um, you know, for ease, like Warren Buffett always says, invest in the S&P 500, which is fine if you're a set and forget it. has got a lot of stuff done a lot better than that, though, isn't there? That's the thing. Yeah. Like, so I, I, to be honest, I've been reading quite a few books on finance this year. Like, um, so, for instance, my little book is uh, Rich Man in Babylon, Peter Lynch, The Ivy League Portfolio. I've just finished Tony Robinson, Mummy. And um, Jack Bogle's book, or John Bogle's book, which is the little book of simple investing. And the, the one key thing they all say is don't lose money. You know, you don't lose money. If you lose 10%, it's going to take you, you need to get, you need, you need to make 100% back, back you know, because to make how the percentages work. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, when you so start thinking, thinking like that, it's um, crazy, isn't it, really? If you feel only 10%, but it's not, you've actually got to make that whole lot back again before you can then. And then make another ten to then get back to where you were originally. Yeah, exactly. It's, for me, that's that sort of got me the cogs turning a little bit, and I was like, right, you know. So if I invest in the market and the market tanks, then I've got to wait. You know, you, you have you have the option of right. Yeah, you know, if you sort of saw it coming, you, you know, um, you then pump more in at that low point, so you can essentially double down. And quite a brave if, thing if to do though, when that's like if you know if it is going down you think oh it's alright I'll just put my whole life savings in that is quite a ballsy move isn't it, it is, but you're it right is. though that is the that is the key isn't it I know a couple of people like, that are a lot older than me that sort of had money in stocks and they're like oh if only I'd have put double in in 2002 I'd be a millionaire we're now so mm. yeah but you're not are you <laughs> so don't worry yeah, about it yeah you didn't say that recently mate, so it doesn't yeah, matter exactly I mean, you know and the frustrating thing with like property investing is when you look back, you think, oh, what did I do that for? But you're never going to know going forward. No, are you? you've you know, got to just take the easy. information you've got at the time, haven't you? And make like the best decision you can. And then you can't worry about mm. it, I think. I'm quite um, wary of time, mate. I know you've got to get off and I've got to get off. So just um, quick fire questions. Yeah, go on. Um, so best piece of advice you've ever been given? Best piece of advice I've been given. Obviously, that'd probably be something from me, I would have thought. Yeah, it, it, the wise words that he said, don't listen to me at all. Uh, no. <laughs> um, it, was, it was, for me, it was take everything with a pinch of salt uh, and everyone's a human. So, you know, just because, especially when you look at Instagram, everything's rose tinted and things like that. But when you start digging down, 
you, you get the true financial stuff. You know, you see how it actually is. Um, so you take it with a pinch of salt. And then in, for human aspect, um, everyone's human, no matter if they're CEO, director, head of a big multi-billion organization, everyone's a human. So just be yourself, be confident and do as you would. All right. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? And listen to Sam Chick. <laughs> <laughs> listen to his podcast. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, listen to his podcast. Um, no, uh, to be honest, uh, actually, the, the most current one, um, and that's because I really can't think of that much. Uh, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but this somebody the other day was telling me to, to pay off more of my mortgage, which it's not that bad advice, but, you know, I was sort of thinking, well, interest rate is 22% and I can make X percent. Yeah, um, I don't like that advice either. Someone had said the same to me the other day and I was sort of, I debated kind of going into a full debate, but I just thought, yeah, all right, cheers for the advice. Cheers. Just, just left it there, really. Yeah, it's I mean, it's not terrible advice, but, you know, at the current time, I think it's, you know, it's not great. No. All right, and so um, goals for the future, mate, just so then we, because me, me and you can sit here for absolute hours and um, ramble. Well, I suppose it's called ramblings of a property investor, so it's quite, um, it's quite good what we're doing, I suppose. But goals for the future... And then, then we can do another podcast and check back in. Um, I know earlier you mentioned something about you starting a new brand or something up, so I don't know if you wanted to mention that. Mm. Sounds quite interesting. Yeah, you can. Yeah, so um, goals, uh, I've done it obviously a bit earlier, retired by 30, which is, uh, don't take it the wrong way, it's the option to retire by 30. Yeah. Um, so two five. years, I'll write that down and I'll be chasing you up in two years. Yeah. Two years, <laughs> one month. Yeah, you'll, you'll be looking at me thinking, You've not fucking progressed at all. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Just playing hockey still. <laughs> yeah, you're still you're still in job, Sam. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, but that, that that's more of a freedom sort of thing. Um, you know, that's you know, have a you know, retire in two years, have a property portfolio that covers uh, my essential needs, and have the ability to invest. You know, and just live comfortably. Um, I have specific goals in terms of the business side, but I don't want to bore you with that. Um, but with the new brand, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a new one. It's basically we're launching a, a coffee brand um, in the UK. Um, and that is, so I'll start out because my mate uh, is moving to Vietnam. He's then starting a cafe up there and um, helping him out to buy some Vietnamese coffee. And everyone that I've spoke to, has uh, shown an interest in it. So I thought, right, I'll give it all that free to start with. I haven't actually got it here yet, but I'll give it all that free. And if it, people like and enjoy it, uh, then what I'll do is I'll start to sell it. So then obviously it helps him uh, in his cafe. Um, and then obviously, um, I don't think I'll sell it for a lot, but then obviously we can then sell it to people in the UK. It's called Coffee Grinder. It's an absolutely new setup at the minute. There's only a one-page website, um, but we're just looking at how we can find more coffee products and then bring it in but that Vietnamese one if you've never had Vietnamese coffee my goodness yeah I'll um, be interested in it actually I'll um, yeah I'll well once I get some. it here yeah you don't you, you won't need to mate I'll, I'll send you some once some I get it samples. in yeah yeah now honest to god that I'm one, if you're not a coffee drinker that I'm one two cups a day and, I'm just an avid um, tea drinker yeah I love a great I'm, cup I'm an avid tea drinker mmm there's great things to be said by tea people that are avid tea drinkers. Best yeah, people in the world, I think. 
I, I have a, that's the best bit of advice someone has ever given me. <laughs> and I changed my answer. <laughs> but yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's good. You know, it's um, those sort of things that I work on at the minute. So you've got your full time job, shouldn't it, and a coffee brand. You're certainly a busy boy. Yeah, and, and my brother's stuff as well. So I'm and your brother's stuff. Share. And sort of the yeah, investment stuff as well. That. Um, yeah, which is how I come by all these financial opinions it's definitely interesting talking to someone like you though because quite a lot of the people sort of in my friendship group and my sort of circles property 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 yeah property and then speak to someone like you actually and even when you read like the book like how to end the world it's kind of like it's definitely not property like, you know it's a, so i'm very um you know i am fundamentally based you know most of my stuff is in property but i do also invest in other stuff as well because i do understand that you know the yields are sometimes quite a lot better in stocks it's good to know that, though, isn't it? To actually physically take a step back and sort of analyse everything around you and make a decision on that, really. Yeah, as, as, as a property person, you are an investor, so you know. And I think you, you know, you. For, uh, the, the big thing for me is if I need money tomorrow, I can pull money out of my ISA savings, etc. But if I need it out of the property, you it's know, don't move that quickly. You, no, you know. And that's, you know, we spoke about earlier. But yeah, it was, if it, I, I like talking to you because, you, you know, we actually talk quite a lot. Um, you, you know, this is probably one of my conversations that we, we have for hours and we just ramble about stuff and, you know, chat about property. You know, we don't always have the same views, but that's not a problem, you, you know, is it? Because actually we say, right, well, actually, that's an interesting view. We'll talk about it and say, actually, yeah, I get that. Um, but what about know? this? You know, you can kind of like go you know, bat it forward and backwards, can't you? Different opinions, different views. It's just a debate, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, it's, it, it doesn't mean we're not friends at all. It just means that we have different perceptions of different things and that, and that that's the good thing. Um, you know, that, that's, that's the way it should be, you know. Um, good conversation, a nice deep yeah. conversation. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that, that, that's the way it should be, you know, between sort of friends and bits like that. And that's how it needs to be, just because there's an opposing opinion doesn't mean... I think you're a knobhead. Um, Don't you? you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't going to tell you on your podcast, mate. But... <laughs> Send me a WhatsApp later and said you're yeah. a knobhead. Yeah. I'll do it on Instagram. Yeah, awesome. All right then, Sam. Thanks ever so much for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. Um, if anyone wants to sort of check you out and find out what you're doing, where's the best place to find you? I'd probably just say Instagram, uh, student it. Um, check out the... Yeah. Um, Sam won't say this, so I'll say it. Um, check out the Business Over Beers podcast, Hand on Heart, mate. That's one of the best ones I've ever listened to. Yeah, thank you, mate. You get to listen to my whiny voice. You've um, got a great voice. But yeah. Nearly yeah, as good as mine, actually. Well, I, I, you are the better Sam, I must admit that. <laughs> the more mature, aged, well-aged. Fine wine. Yeah, aged like milk. All right, on that note, <laughs> cheers, mate. I'll let you go. Thanks for coming on. Yes, mate. Thank you for having right. me. Cheers, mate. Take care.